I like it. Cam, how we doing? Doing good, Mike. How we doing today? Doing great. I, I want to go next level here. I think this is actually really cool. Last week, we were talking about the kickoffs, and you were explaining, like, watch the approach, right? Right. And then I think we saw in the game, if we were following up on that, exactly what you were talking about. Right. Okay. So then I get a, a comment from a, a, a fan, like, who I had passed this information on to, who's into the game, yep. and wanted me to ask about Jake's follow-through on kickoffs. Okay, so the obs and, and you might might not see this, but the observation was like he doesn't seem to have to really swing the leg through on the kickoffs. Um, if that's the case, if you see that, is that just a style thing for Jake? You know, or how does that follow through affect the accuracy and distance is sort of the topic here. Yeah, you know, um, there's sometimes where you're actually trying to get through the ball um, and you're trying to generate power where you're actually seeing, you know, finish through the ball. Um, down the field a little bit further. Um, when it comes to the placement and trying to get the direction, it already may be a little bit less of the follow through because you're not trying to drive the ball as far. So then your upswing and your lift on the leg is not as high um, on the field. So it's a little bit of both. Um, it changes by his approach and different kickers do have different finishes on kickoffs. That is definitely something they do and they vary. But the upswing, the finish, the follow through as you're down the field, how many yards you're going down the field is more dedicated and predicated off of how far he's trying to drive the football. You know, if he's truly trying to get the ball through the ball and actually drive it for the touchback, he's going to finish further down the field versus, you know, trying to you know, place it on the goal line, you know, and, and make him force returns. Because, you know, obviously if you're kicking the ball six, seven deep, chances of returns are less um, in the league as it goes right now. So trying to get up to the ball, but not also finish down the field with his power. And thank you for that. No. On a long-winded question. Um, and my second one is, what, what makes Cody Davis a good special teams player? Yeah, Cody does a lot of different things for us. Obviously, you know, being able to con control the punt team, you know, obviously having the IQ back there to make the calls, you know, situationally. You know, he does a really good job of study off the field as well, which allows him to play fast. Um, anybody who's watching the game can see that he obviously has a, another gear um, in terms of speed out there, which obviously makes him effective now because guys actually have to account for his speed. You know, one thing that, you know, some people don't not notice and acknowledge is he actually plays really well with his hands and his strength, you know, his play level and strength. So even when a guy does get on him, he's able to actually get off those blocks down the field, you know, or sustain the blocks in the return game. So he does a lot of things off the field that attribute to him being able to play fast and contribute to that, as do other guys. But, you know, it's obviously his speed and helping him out with a lot, you know, being able to wiggle, play with movement in coverage. Next question, Jim McBride. Hi, good morning, Cam. How you doing? Good, Jim. How are we doing this morning? Good, good. So I'm not going next level on you here, but because uh, I'm no Mike Reese, but <laughs> I did want to ask you about Calvin Munson and just kind of uh, what you've seen him from him in the short time. He seems like a guy that uh, has that innate ability to sift through traffic and, and always be near the ball, even if he's not making a tackle. He's always kind of near that ball in the special teams plays. Yeah, Munson's has done a good job for us. You know, he's come in, you know, learned the system, you know, picked up, you know, obviously, you know, you tweak things here and there, you know, had a little bit of recall from when he was here before, um, which allowed him to pick things up. But he's done a really good job for us, you know, reading, reading it out, fitting where he needs to, um, avoiding where he needs to, playing with his hands. You know, he's obviously playing physical at the point of attack to strike and get off blocks. You know, and he's doing a really good job of dissecting what he's seeing in front of him, you know, and that's one thing that goes back to, 
you know, and a credit to him coming in and studying and understanding the concepts, not only what we're trying to do, but also studying the opponent and where he has to play and where he has to fit. You know, he's done a really good job with that. And, he, you know, hopefully he can continue to do that forward and continue to make plays for us out there. Thanks, Cam. Pleasure. Go next question, Bob Sosi. Hey, good morning, Cam. Morning, Bob. How are we doing? I'm doing well. I've got a um, probably an obvious question, but I just wanted to ask you to describe the consistency of Joe Cardona and how valuable he is in his role to what Jake and Nick do on a weekly basis. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the, the positions that, you know, doesn't get a lot of accolades, doesn't get talked about a lot, in all honesty, for a long snapper, but it's definitely a position that is a uh, – you know, unique. There's only 32 of those guys in, in the league that, you know, are actually out there playing, similar to the kickers and punters. And, and it does definitely take some skill set to do that. You know, Joe does a great job, you know, even when if you go back to just the field goal operation of it, um, you know, breaking it down is you got to be able to spin and you want to give the holder the laces. So, like, it's the consistency of working with Jake where Jake's going to actually catch the ball in the same spot over and over. And the elements have something to do with that. Is the ball wet? Is the wind a factor? Is, you know, you know, an end game is Joe having to twist the ball a little bit more, you know, when it holds to snap the ball accurate to give Jake laces, you know. So he'll make those adjustments in pregame and on the sideline, working with Jake's like, hey, I need to maybe have a little quarter turn or not in my hand so he can have the placement to Jake. So Jake's able to catch the ball consistently in the same spot and doesn't have to spin or twist laces that much for Nick, you know. So there's definitely an element of that. And then obviously in the protection side, and the snapping on long snaps to punt is, you know, being able to place the ball to Jake where Jake likes it, you know. And, you know, if once we get into these colder times and, and into the wind, that definitely becomes a factor because the ball will move on snaps at times. So understanding how much it's going to move and where his target has to be and where he's trying to snap to while also trying to get his head up and pick up the twist and the loop combinations in front of him, you know, it takes a lot of skill set and he's got to have a very disciplined eye control. You know, so once the snapper comes up, you know, he may be going one way, but as soon as he snaps the ball, his eyes come up, he may be have to redirect and go the other way. That's why you see a lot of schemes that pick on the snappers because they have the hardest job in reality, you know, them and the punter on the punt team. Because, you know, the punter's catching the ball, getting the operation time with people forcing it, you know, for Jake, whereas the snapper, he's protecting, but he doesn't see, you know, he snaps, he looks up, and now it's a different look than what he was looking at before the snap. You know, and Joe does a great job with his footwork, setting and then redirecting and protection, you know, which obviously helps us, you know, protect on the inside and then gets out in the coverage. Long snappers often are, are smaller than the other guys that are blocking up front, it, it seems. How does Joe's playing strength transcend his size once he does snap the ball in terms of protection and even maybe getting downfield? Yeah, no, he, he does a good job. You know, it's about anchor and pad level, you know. So Joe, you know, obviously has a lot of lower body strength. You know, he's able to hold up. Because a lot of times you try to put a size matchup on those guys because of what you just said. You know, a lot of times they are smaller compared to the guys they're going against, you know, and that's just the reality of the positions they play versus the positions that's across from them. But been having that lower body power strength, you know, it allows Joe to grab, then anchor and sit there and sustain his block. And then he's able to get off, you know, and cover to the punt. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Bob. So next question, Nick O'Malley. Hey, Cam. Uh, I want to ask about a couple of plays that stood out in recent weeks. Uh, last week, um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, was a play where uh, Brandon King comes around on the edge, tries to block the punt, but comes up a little short and ends up doing a little pose to, like, hold himself up from uh, running into the kicker. 
and uh, last uh, against on Thursday night where uh, Matthew Slater is going and covering a punt and is getting blocked into uh, the, the returner who also makes a late adjustment going to the ball where initially it was called a, a colliding, uh, interfering with a fair catch. Those sorts of scenarios where a guy is close to making a play, but all of a sudden, oh, he's close to making a penalty. Is that a coaching point? Is that something you go over with players to put them in a position where they're not roughing a kicker or running into the receiver? Is that something you can coach up, or is that something that players need to pick up because it's really something that is very much on the field? Uh, it's a little bit of, bo of both, Nick. I mean, um, in all honesty, it's points of emphasis, and you put those guys in positions – you know, throughout practice where those situations may occur. And then you obviously go over it situationally, whether it's film study or covering those material, you know, on the film, you're talking about, hey, look, you know, he's got a light short edge, you know, just using the punt, you know, example with King is, hey, you're going to come off the edge. We really want you to force through this guy. But at the same time, you got to know where the block point is, meaning you can't end up past that. And if you do, you either have to veer off behind the punter or you have to make sure you're able to stop and stay off the punter right there. So, it's definitely points of emphasis and there's things we work at practice um, a little bit here and there in honesty, trying to implement that as best we can. And then, you know, when you go to the situation with Slater, you know, obviously he knows fair catch signal. You want to get as close as you can, you know, to make that guy feel unsure. But at the same time, you got to be able to avoid and put yourself out of position, whatever it takes. You know, you never want to run into the returner once he's made the fair catch signal. So as you're coming down, the fair catch signal is made. You want to be in a good position to gather towards the returner. And then if he starts coming to you, you got to do whatever it takes. Like you can see Slate jumps out of the way at the end. You know, he's not going to be able to get on the ball if it was a muff or a situation right there, but he's also not going to commit the penalty. So as those situations come up, we tell our returners, you know, be aggressive at practice, field the balls, and we tell their coverage guys to be aggressive at the same point. That way they're working with one another and they're making that judgment in practice and in real time where it does, when it does show up in the game, it's not like a – Oh, uh, and then, then I move. It's more of a reaction part in the game. And uh, Brandon King striking that T-pose in front of the punter. Is that going on the teaching tape? <laughs> Maybe going on the teaching tape for avoiding the punter a little bit, you know, doing whatever it takes. That's when you just highlight, look, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter how, you know, what it's thought of. As long as it's successful and you do your job, hey, we'll take it. Great. Thanks, Cam. Thanks, Dave. Any other questions? Cam, uh, Bill Belichick's going for the potatoes as the one side he's got to have on Thanksgiving. He's going potatoes. What are you going with? You guys, one side on Thanksgiving. Uh, one side, ironically, on Thanksgiving, I always, you always go with the uh, macaroni and cheese covered in hot sauce. You know, that's that's a big, big favorite of mine. You know, a little, little spice. You know, I, I always joke with him. So I got to have the, uh, you know, some hot sauce on anything I eat. You know, bring a little flavor and spice, you know, up here. Kim, happy Thanksgiving to you and the fam. We'll catch up with you. Thanks again. Thanks, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. Oh, I'm sorry.